Welcome to Raising Equity. Hopefully you've been following our podcasting amidst the pandemic series. If not, check it out. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts. We attempt to talk to different folks from multiple perspectives around like how they're navigating the pandemic, what their experience is like, what are, what are they thinking? Um, I should say I'm Dr. Kira Banks. I'm the host of Raising Equity. And you can find me and the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Today we have with us my oldest child. He came down to talk with me about some of what's happening in the world. And I thought, well, if you're willing, we can we can talk about it more broadly. And so I really appreciate him for being willing to do that. Welcome to the show, Avery. Thank you. So what did you come down to talk about? Tell us, tell, um, tell the folks what you were. Well, I came, I came down to, I came down to talk about how that people are like back to normal after the lockdown ended. So like people are at bars, people are partying. There's a lot of people in the area, like they're breaking the rule around. You can't have large gatherings. There's like hundreds of people. Where are you seeing that? Because it's, you're not seeing that in your real life, like in your life. I'm Well, I saw it on YouTube. Um, Some YouTubers, they were at a party. I was kind of shocked how they just didn't really care. It was kind of weird to me how no one really cared. And you're saying they didn't care just because they were in large gatherings being close to each other. Yeah. And there's a lot of people. And in part of what's interesting is you said people are going back to normal. And I think I would challenge that a bit to say we're seeing a lot of pictures of some people choosing to go, quote unquote, back to normal. Like we saw the pictures of the Ozarks this weekend for Memorial Day, people partying in the pool. Did you see those pictures? There's a lot of conversations about all over the country about Missouri being out there in the news because people were partying, partying in the Lake of the Ozarks this weekend, mm -hmm. like in pools, kind of like it sounds like these YouTuber parties, hundreds of people. Right. And I want to just say to you like that, that is clearly a choice that people are making. That's not a choice that our family is making. And so I think it's an example of how our society can make rules and then we choose which rules we want to enforce or not. Right. Yeah. So why do you think it's important for folks to not gather in groups? Because you don't know if you have the coronavirus like immediately. You have to like wait a couple of days before symptoms start showing up. So then people might have it, but they just don't know, which means but they're spreading it to everyone else, too. So you can spread it without knowing you actually have it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something we've talked about. And part of why we're limiting our contact like with your grandparents and other family members that are vulnerable, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what do you what do you think about people's decision not to socially distance? I don't think it's smart. They're putting themselves at risk, I guess. It's not the best idea. Yeah, I would agree with you and in many ways I'm not surprised you think that because you live in my house and so right you you hear me, you hear your father having this conversation and so do you think you're mostly shaped by what we say or how did you come to that conclusion? Um, because I guess that's what I think from like what I've seen. I believe that that's not the smartest thing to do just mm -hmm. from what I've read and seen in like the news and the media and stuff like that. Have you seen pictures of people protesting to not have to stay at home? Yes, I have. For businesses opening? Yeah. I've seen some things like how people are comparing it to slavery and I was kind of confusing to me because there's nothing close to this about slavery. They're very different things. Oh, you mean like staying at home? Yeah. Like someone was protesting and saying this is slavery by staying at home. Like the government forcing them to stay at home. Mm -hmm. What do you see as the differences? 
well, slavery, I mean, you had no freedom. You get to do what you want at home, I guess. You get to eat food that's good. You don't, I guess you get to stay with your family. Slaves didn't always get to stay with their family. They got separated. Yeah, it's just, the main thing is just freedom at home, I guess. You can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So they're missing that piece around enslavement. You didn't have freedom of movement. Yeah. Yeah. What I think is interesting is that oftentimes you saw young kids, though, with their signs talking about that they want a haircut or that God will cover you in the virus. And it's kind of clear that kids are spouting what their parents are saying. And so that's why I was saying, do you really think it's important to socially distance or are you just spouting what we say? Because as a kid, we shape a lot of what you think. So that's why I was wondering how you came to decide in your mind that you think it's best to socially distance. It makes sense. Yeah. So if you could right now, if we let you go hang out with your friends, would you go? Probably not. Well, maybe if they social distance for the whole time and they had like minimal contact, then maybe, but most likely not. So you'd want to gauge how much they had followed some guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's pretty much in line with what people are saying now in that as things are opening back up and you think about expanding the people you're in contact with, what, how risky are you willing to be? Yeah. What if it was a friend who had just gone to Lake Ozarks and was partying? Or was that one of these YouTubers party? Would you hang out with them? Of course not. No. What do you mean, of course not? Well, because they might have coronavirus. They might have, there's a chance that they might have it. So I don't want to risk that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you definitely. And yet I'm trying not to be super judgmental of people who are making those choices. I'm trying. I'm not always succeeding, but I'm trying not to be because I, I guess I understand, I understand how they could come to make that decision. One of the things I've seen is that people who maybe don't know people who've had COVID-19 or aren't watching some of the, the videos around people who have it, like they're minimizing it like it's no big deal. What's made you, what's made you think of it as something that you don't want to risk getting? Um, I don't like getting sick. Yeah, just don't like getting sick. Yeah, you're not, you're not the most fun person when you're sick. Yeah. You don't like the sensation. No, I you don't. just want it to be over. Yeah, the thing with COVID nineteen, I've seen there are people who've gotten sick with it, and they have symptoms for up to like months after. Yeah, I don't want that. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah, and and that's that's one of the things for me as I've just been reading more. I'm like, this is not just like you have a cold and you're over it, or you have the flu and you're over it, but that it goes on for a long time. Even if your fever is gone, you, the people who, yeah, like they have fatigue symptoms three months out or still shortness of breath, like they can't do a lot of movement without feeling exhausted. And like, who wants to derail their life for three months? Yeah, it's pretty bad. It is. It is. What do you think about school and this fall? I think we're probably going to go back. You think? I do. Yeah. I wonder, there's some cities that are talking about doing staggered school. So maybe a couple kids go on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, one week, and then Tuesday, Thursday, the next week. So there are not as many kids in the building at one time. What? It's, that's because you can still, can't you pass it through hard surfaces and things like that? We don't know. There's so much we don't know. But let's say they did deep cleaning. Let's say they kept kids in the same class every all day and teachers moved rather than the kids. I, I'm totally making this up. We don't know. They don't know. Uh, and then they deep cleaned every night so that when you came into school, you had your space, you had your desk. That's where you were. Maybe. But yeah, the main thing about that would just be desks. Well, and the bathrooms and bathrooms. lunch. So they probably would have to make lunch, like sack lunch where you picked it up. I mean, online schooling wasn't bad. 
You didn't mind it? No, it was easy to get good grades on online schooling. Why do you think online was easier than in person? Um, online schooling was easier because there the tests were open, no open book. There weren't a, there weren't a lot of tests. The assignments were pretty simple, and like the teachers' day didn't give too much because they were like, it's new and stuff and this and that. And like a lot of our final assignments were cut down. Um, for example, my government class, we were going to write a whole research paper, but because we were doing online schooling, we just had to do an outline. Oh, oh, so that could be your summer project. Oh my God. <laughs> Avery's like, I should never have said that. It doesn't have to be. All right. But in our, in our house, there are summer projects. And I was saying that writing is one of the things that you need to work on. So in that sense, you already have half of it done. You have it outlined. What would, it might actually be easier. Anyway, we digress. You were saying online school was easier. So you feel like it was easier because they watered things down. Yeah. Yes. Now, here's the thing. Come the fall, they will have time to prepare. So do you think they'll keep it as simple? I mean, no, but you have all day. There's no time limit. And they don't penalize late work either. Well, that might have just been for this period, but. That's what I wonder. I wonder if there was just a lot of grace and and room that people got because there was so much that was unknown. And so if we go back to online in the fall, I wonder if it'll be more rigid. Do you think that's fair to have online school be just as rigid or rigorous or challenging as in-person? No. Why not? It's not fair because some people don't have access to technology. For example, some people like for the, for the outline um, that we were supposed to do in government class, some people had to type that whole thing on their phone. Really? Which is really hard because they don't have a computer or anything like that. So that would be like an obstacle. So I feel like they'd still, they, it's not fair to make it as hard as in-person schooling. Oh, so you have friends that you know wrote their outline on their phone? Mm-hmm. On Google Docs, typing like they're texting. Field. Really? Yeah. Well, you, yeah, I mean, that's, I'm, that's your mom being clueless. Like, I didn't even think about, think about that, like for papers, if you don't have a, if you're in high school and you don't have a computer that you would be doing it on your phone, do they, do they not, do they not want to get a computer from the school? Maybe not, but, um, SOPS, um, they didn't, they were offering free Chromebooks to anyone who needs one. Maybe they didn't know about it, but. Or maybe they just didn't think they needed it. And then things got more challenging and they did need it. Yeah. Either way, you know, folks who don't have access to computers, whereas you have a choice of computers, right? Like, so that's definitely class privilege, technology privilege that we have in terms of having access to all that. What about friends? How's it been in the pandemic, not being able to see your friends every day? It's not bad, really, because we get to play video games with them every night, almost. So it's been really fun, actually more fun than usual, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for those who are listening um yeah i we usually have a a video game limit in our house but since the pandemic that's the way that they talk to their friends interact with their friends hang out with their friends i've had to be much more lenient than i normally would be and i think the children are happy about that yeah the children are happy about that yes yeah yeah so as long as they get their work done they get their schoolwork done their homework done their the physical work or practice or creative work in our house. It's like, you got to do something. You got to do what you got to do. You got to do something other than a screen. You got to move your body in some way, practice your instrument, do something creative. 
um, do something non-school work focused, do a chore in the house. What else? Yeah, that's it. Is that it? Why do you think people are acting like things are fine and just being out in the world? Because they, I guess they just think maybe because everyone, they're like, maybe their mindset is everyone will have it. I mean, if, if someone has it, they're probably at home and sick or God will cover me or God will make sure I don't get sick or some people are just, I don't care. I don't have any underlying conditions and I'll be sick for a month, but. So this is where you, you took AP government this year. And so you can think about like the layers of government comes into play. So the system of the system of government that we have, um, because wh what's happened is some of this has become political. So you have the local government, right? You know, St. Louis City had a stay at home order and th they had that stay at home order before the state government did. You know, our state was pretty resistant to, to coming out and saying that. And then we had the federal government, right, which was basically saying, well, we'll, ho we'll help the states where we can. And they were, were in some ways spouting not fully accurate information about how contagious COVID was. Um, and so we had these different layers. It's kind of similar to Hurricane Katrina and cooperative federalism. So the states and the government work together to help. So in Hurricane Katrina, um, the government, the federal government was telling Louisiana, the state to um, help itself. And the federal government was telling Louisiana, the state to figure it out themselves. But the Louisiana wanted help from FEMA. Mm -hmm. And then it switched. FEMA wanted to help them, but Louisiana didn't help. And then it kept going back and forth. So same thing with COVID. So Trump, he wanted, at first he was like, it's for the governors, the states have to figure it out. Then next thing you know, he's talking about how he has a bunch of ventilators he's going to give to all the states. And so, yeah, it's kind of like, it's a cooperative federalism. So the states. The, I don't know what that means, the, cooperative federalism. Basically the states and the um, federal government try to work together to get the states out of like crisis and out okay. of, it, it was first came up in the um, Great Depression when the. That's where it was rooted from. So, yeah. That's where we had to start doing that? Yeah. Uh, who was the president during then? Franklin? I should know that. I don't know. But Roosevelt? Maybe. So, yeah, Roosevelt was the president during then. So, he kind of was the first president that was involved with cooperative federalism. I wonder if that also happened because of the New Deal. Like, or no, the New oh. Deal was a federal. But the New Deal um, and cooperative federalism, they're under the same thing. So, yeah, they're like together, basically. OK, so maybe a way to like help the country in crisis via the states. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it, this whole thing around like, do we act like it's normal? Do we social distance or not? Do we wear a mask has become federal because I don't know if you've watched footage, but uh, President Trump isn't wearing a mask. Oh, yeah. And I know and he's shaking hands, too. He's not wearing a mask. He's shaking hands. And so people have started to say that you look weak if you wear a mask or you look you look like you're scared that that people are that they're trying to get people to wear a mask to be to be fearful. And we're Americans. We don't fear. We are free. I just think that's not really that smart. Uh, public health wise, it's certainly not smart. Yeah. Well, for like specifically for Trump. Why? Trump, Trump is old. He's like 75, 74. He's up there. He is higher risk. He, it's, a high, it's a high chance that he might die if he gets it. And that's just not smart. It's just like, it's the point. He gets tested every day. So that's a perk he has. 
Oh, he, that he has access to testing. He has access to testing every single day. He gets tested every day. Does well, he really? Yeah. Huh. He gets tested every day because he, he does those press meetings and all that stuff. I didn't know he got tested every day. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Oh, no. Sure. You could be right. I mean, I'm pretty sure he gets tested every day, but... So one of the ways that I've tried to stay sane and happy and healthy in my mind is to not watch footage of him every day. It stresses me out to watch Trump, Trump's conferences because I feel like he's not adequately doing what he needs to do at the federal government level. Like he's not supporting the CDC. He's not supporting the pandemic task forces. He's contradicting what Dr. Fauci and other folks are saying, and it just gets my blood pressure up. So you could be right. I try to read it in chunks. Yeah. yeah. What? I like, he's kind of a mess. What is? He, he is kind of a mess. Trump? Yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, by, by proximity, the way our government is running is a mess, and the way the United States is navigating this crisis is a mess. Like, we didn't have to have this many people die. And we're still not done yet. We're still people dying right this very moment. Yep. And disproportionately, it's folks who are black Min and minorities. Mm -hmm. Hispanics have been really hit more than any other yes. race I heard. Yep. So I'm going to say black and brown and poor and older. And so there are these, there are these populations that are at greater risk and that are, that are really being burdened by COVID-19. And when it's those populations that we know historically haven't been institutionally treated unfairly, it feels, it makes me even more angry that our government and our state aren't taking it seriously. Because then it just feels like, oh, you don't care. Yeah. I, so I, I think we started all that to say that it's gotten political, that this whole thing around like when you, because when you came down to say people are acting like it's normal, it's like, well, some people, not all people. Some people, yeah. Some people. A lot of my friends. Really? Are acting like it's, yeah, like what um, some of my friends are going over to each other's houses and hanging out and stuff and going fishing. and. But see, I think some of that stuff is not not so high risk. Like you said, if you had a friend who's been socially distancing for these past couple months, mm -hmm. maybe they could come over. Or if you were going to go fishing out in the middle of a lake with another family who's been socially distancing, that's kind of low risk, right? Yeah. So in some ways, this opening up, like people going to the extreme and partying is something that we're not going to do as a family. But I do think we have to look for ways to, to find some sense of connection. Like we went to your grandparents' house and sat That's not on separate corners. What? I accidentally touched him. Okay. You shouldn't have. I mean, I said I accidentally touched one of them. One of your grandparents? Yeah. Okay. So what do you think about that? I didn't think anything was going to happen. I didn't touch my face. Uh-huh. But who are we most worried about in that scenario? Them. Yeah. Well, she handed me a... See, she handed me something and I accidentally grabbed it and I touched her, her fingernail on accident. Yeah, it's, but here's the thing. It's not like we have the te cheese touch. So probably fine. You've been socially distancing. You've barely left the house. We go out and run errands. You choose not to come. Like, when was the last time you left the house? Well, technically, like, maybe a month and a half ago to go get those beads for the bead making stuff. And to go to Grandma and Pop Pops. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 
but you haven't been leaving the house much. So you touching them is not a huge deal. So that like, I guess what I'm saying is we have to start thinking about things on a scale of risk. So we could kind of just hang. We're privileged enough that we could kind of just hang at our house. We have enough space for as long as we can. My job allows me to work from home. If your school allows you to school from home. But at some point, you got to also think about like, well, going fishing with somebody who's also socially distancing, is that is that super high risk? No. You want to go fishing? No. <laughs> what is it that you're most missing that you'd most look forward to doing? Nothing. Really? Yeah. You're good? Yeah, I'm good. You could live like this for another year? Definitely. Okay. That's good to hear. Definitely. All right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you talking to me. Anything else you wanted to talk about or think about? No, not really. Okay. Thanks for being willing. Did it hurt? No. Okay. I got to say my outro. So thank you all for listening. And thanks for joining us on Raising Equity. Like I said, you can find us wherever you find your podcast. Also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. We hope that you are doing as well as can be in this pandemic. Thanks for joining us on Raising Equity. 